understanding that our, our minds recognize patterns and then it wants to answer those patterns with the solution that we've used in the past. And when we've used a certain type of pattern, again, if we've used our hammer for all these situations in the past, we tend to do that again when we recognize pattern. We don't understand. We don't start to separate these patterns into different situations, right? They all appear the same. You have to be willing to have the tough conversations with people that you know can hold yourself accountable. But like if you're not able to be vulnerable with each other and almost break each other down to grow each other back up, I think that you'll have a lot of like surface level relationship It's not a bad thing that we might not be good at something. Uh, The goal is to get the job done and not to tell somebody that you're doing a good job. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Yakertech. Yakertech is the gold standard for measuring spin rate, velocity, trajectory, and most important, spin axis of a pitched ball. No other system captures such clarity of on a moving ball. Learn more about their system at yakertech.com. On this episode, Bo and I sit down and continue with our multi-part series on discovering your blind spots. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad, here's Bo and Joe. Welcome back to another episode of The Farm Unfiltered. Joey, 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 my man. As always, I'm excited for another opportunity to share some information and start a conversation and more importantly, impact those turning into the show this week. And I've been looking forward to this one as we continue with part two of our multi-part series on discovering your blind spots. Um, On the last week's episode, we helped you guys discover your strength. And on this week's episode, we're going to help you identify your blind spots. So uh, before we dive into the meat and potatoes, make sure you guys head over to the system.farm, download that podcast outline so you can follow along with us today. But um, Joey, as we get going and get started here, well, uh, why do our strengths often bring with them uh, our blind spots? Well, yeah, it's like almost kind of like with this is like what makes us strong makes us weak, right? And uh, it it's like you know, again, we go, it's, it, I think it's like that, that thought of like balance, right? If we go too much of anything um, or something that's just maybe on the, on the opposite end, like here's another way to kind of think of this is too much of anything is a bad thing, right? It's like the law of diminishing returns. So it could just be um, for, for some people, it's just like we're doing, we're going, we've gone too far in one direction, right? Mm-hmm. Which it makes it a strength, but at the same time um, you could, there's, there's, a loss of uh, ROI or return on investment there, right? If again, if I drink too much water, I'll drown, right? Even though water is a great thing, right? And it's something that we absolutely need, right? There's, it's like when, where, how, all those other things, right? And then also, you know, we, we want to look at that and just think of it like this as well, is that when we're really strong in one area, especially um, this comes on the physical side as well, but also when it comes to the mental side, let's say we're really strong, right? And when uh, when we're really strong in certain areas, 
what that does, what that does is it really puts us in a position that we start to see things in our strength area, right? So let's say, um, you know, again, if we're a, um, if we have a hammer, right, then everything starts to look like a nail, right? That's that old analogy that people like to use. And that's very, you know, again, that's like our minds are pattern recognition systems, right? And you know this more than anybody, obviously being more on the psychology side is like understanding that our, our minds recognize patterns and then it wants to answer those patterns with the solution that we've used in the past. And when we've used a certain type of pattern, again, if we've used our hammer for all these situations in the past, we tend to do that again when we recognize pattern. We don't understand. We don't start to separate these patterns into different situations, right? They all appear the same, right? And, you know, with that, you know, our our strengths can often be like misused or like kind of played out of position. And we'll kind of dive into that a little bit later. But yeah, that's definitely some of the, you know, the thoughts there is that, it's a lot of times it's not that our strength is a bad thing, right? We're just using it out of position. We're using our hammer when we should be using our wrench, right? Yeah. Or we're using our wrench when we should be using our hammer, our uh, hammer or like a socket wrench or whatever, right? We're just using the wrong tool, maybe at the wrong time, or we've already got the nail. We've already nailed uh, the uh, uh, hammered the nail into the wood, and we're still hammering, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe we need to put a sealant. Maybe we got to do something else. But again, maybe we're just using it too much, and we know, we we're, we're just using it um, out of position. Yeah, and you know me, Joey. I like to connect the dots with the psychology. So, like when I think of this, especially as creatures of habit, um, I think of how it relates to the psychology framework, like schemas. Um, basically like a collection of experiences that we can draw from and that allow us to take shortcuts when we're interpreting and placed in like uh, uh, times when we have to make quick decisions. However, although that does help us, the framework also causes us to like exclude and omit information to strictly focus on um, things that confirm our beliefs. And then over time, obviously that cycle like conditions our strengths and then pushes everything that comes with that to the side. So, you know, you might not even see anything but the nail at that point. Uh, it's kind of like a naive ignorance without really even noticing it. And then kind of over time, we begin to just become blind to the negative things that come with uh, um, the positive things in our lives as well. Yeah. And then definitely how we look at this, you know, this is the thing is, you know, I, I think a lot of times we tend to put these things into compartments, right? Like our strengths yeah. and our weaknesses, right? Very like binary thoughts when Again, the picture that we really want to paint there is that a lot of times they flow together and we got to understand that there is, um, you know, there's a reason like it, it's, it's not a bad thing that we might not be good at something. And yeah. that's a weird thought to have off the bat. But this is the thing is like, let's put it this way is one of the things that, um, you know, Maxwell really talks about John Maxwell. I've talked about him quite a bit, but um, one of the things he talks about is doubling down on your strengths, right? Mm-hmm. And just understanding like this, like nobody wants to go, you know, okay, no one goes to their wife and goes, you know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to go to the most average restaurant that we can go to. We want to (laughs) go get the most average service that we can go get, right? So there's this thought here is that if there's nowhere that you're above average in, right? Like you're just going to have, you're going to have, I'd rather a guy double down on his strengths and then again, hire people in his weaknesses or, or just understand and be mindful of those weaknesses and fill them. in again, maybe, um, you know, again, like we've talked about this before on the podcast is like, let's say you don't have a really, a really big strength background is to be able to outsource. Right. Mm-hmm. And so with that, it all comes back to our, you know, our ability to grow is based on our ability to self-assess. Right. We talked about that in the first episode, but when we, when we look at those things, like we have to have a better idea of where we're weak and understand what might come along with it. So some quick examples, right. 
so some of us are high achievers, but, but we're un, uh, unable to enjoy the moment, right? So we're always trying to achieve the next thing, right? Yeah. So as soon as we achieve it, it's like, okay, that's great. On to the next thing, on to the next thing. So we don't have the ability to like sit back and be like, man, you know, like this is awesome. Like, you know, the, these are the guys that are uh, never really satisfied with like the process, Right. And very much onto the next thing, onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, while they're a very high achiever and those are, you know, that's a great strength. And this is, uh, I would say is for me, like, this is an, another, like, uh, even though this isn't my biggest blind spot, this is an area for me for a long time. Um, I was an achiever. I just wanted to keep achieving things. Yeah. Right. And while that's not a bad thing, there also is blind spots that come along with it. Right. You're never in the moment. I actually remember um, one of my mentors a couple of years ago. Uh, if you haven't read this book, this is an awesome book. If you're a high achiever and, you know, you kind of get stuck all the time uh, with not enjoying the moment. Um, it's called The Precious Present. It's like I think it's like 10 bucks. It's literally you can read it within 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. And it's a very it, it changes your kind of mindset. Um it makes you kind of think about things from a different, different view. And that, that really helped me at the time. So that's, you know, that's one example, you know, another one is like, maybe you're really highly adaptable, right. But you lack structure and consistency, right. So with that, you're, you're highly adjustable. You can flow, you can fly by the seat of your pants, but also too, we start to use that as our crutch, right. We get so comfortable with flying by the seat of our pants that we don't uh, take the time to, you know, make ourselves structured or again, we like double down on our strength. Right. Oh, I can just go all around all the time. I'm good at flying by the seat of my pants. So a lot of times, like you don't prioritize structuring things. Right. Or you don't have consistency. Right. And that's a, that's a big thing is, again, we start to rely on where we're strong. And while being adaptable is obviously something that um, is, is something that everybody desires at the same time, too, you can go too far. Right. Um, or you can just be played out of position. Right. Another example. Right. Let's say that we're super empathetic. Right. But we lack like personal boundaries. So with that is, is, you know, we're, we're, we can be very empathetic for others. And because of that, we can, we can be the, we're the ones, you know, when you go to that, that empathy's eye and you go way too far, it's kind of, you become like a pushover, right? You always let everybody off. You don't have personal boundaries of like, no, this isn't okay. Um, you know, this is a thing where, uh, you have a hard time holding your team accountable, right? A lot of these other, you know, a lot of these things is like, while being empathetic is a very crucial part of leadership. There is a blind spot to that as well, um, that we can start, you know, lacking boundaries and lacking uh, some accountability, right, with our team and our, on our leadership, right? Another, you know, uh, example of that is like, let's say uh, you're super energetic, right? But, you know, with that comes along times where you're restless and anxious. And this was me, for example, this is another like blind spot of mine was that I was so used to like going, going, going. And I mean, Bo, obviously, you know, I'm pretty high energy, right? Mm -hmm is that when things slow down, even now, like, let's say it's like a Sunday and I'm like, okay, I've been working, you know, just like this, this last weekend, you know, we've had, uh, we worked for like almost three weeks straight. Right. And we finally get a day off, um, on Sunday. And I would, as soon as I sat down, I mean, maybe I'm like, all right, I'm going to, we went to church, we come back home. Um, and I'm sitting around and literally within 30, 45 minutes of lounging around, I just feel like I'm being lazy, <laughs> you know, like I have to go do something. Like I can't just yep. sit there. Right. And it gets, makes me very restless and anxious. I, it almost feels weird not to be moving and not to be doing things that are energetic. So those are a couple examples. You got any, any other ones, Bo, that you can think of? Yeah. Um, one that I wanted to add on, which kind of results in restless and anxious, not energetic, but like I think athletes all, a lot of athletes that come to this one is like results driven and you have the disease of destination. Yeah. 
Um, yes. You know, we think we find uh, success and positive feedback with like checking boxes and, you know, when I get here, I'll be happy. And, you know, you you start to look for achievement to fill your bucket. Um, I think that's a big one that a lot of people struggle with. I know I struggled with that as I was transitioning and it it gives you anxiety and restlessness because you think, you know, when I get here, um, this is what it will look like. And that's usually not how it works out. I, I know that you've talked about that especially with your journey you experienced that firsthand I think that's something that a lot of athletes struggle with as they make that transition yeah no and that's big and uh, uh, you know a thing with that is athletes uh, particularly and this doesn't have to just be athletes but also us as coaches as we transition is that when we're used to achieving a lot and rapidly right as we go up the ladder um, let that be at work or let that be as an athlete right let's say we're you know signing you know, we're doing a whole bunch of signings. Maybe you went JUCO for, you know, out of high school. Maybe you're getting your uh, all league, all these other things, right? As you go up, the competition gets, you know, more and more and more. And then our achievements get less and less, yeah. right? And so with that, when we start using achievements as our main source of feedback and affirmation, we can start, you know, that can start bleeding into our brain of like when we don't get that feedback anymore, we think we're failing. But it doesn't necessarily mean we're failing. It's just now our, you know, the things that we try to achieve are much harder to achieve, right? It's almost like a, a a PR, right? Like a personal record, right? So we talked about this is is when we have guys that first come into the shop, right? They may be PRing like every day for like two weeks, right? And then all of a sudden, as they, you know, again, we've had guys for years and years, like you know, some guys don't PR for five, six months, you know, because um, as you go up and up to be able to hit a personal record, those become harder to achieve, right? In the very beginning, you're going to see, you know, giant leaps. And then um, from there, it becomes very hard to like uh, just move the needle a little bit, right? So I think a part of that is is the same thing comes with achievements is that we start to use achievements as, as feedback. And as we start to go up, uh, those feedback, that feedback becomes less because we don't achieve as rapidly. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some guys internalize that, internalize that as like failing, right? So there's that side as well. I think that was just to kind of be an addition to um, that point for sure. Um, You know, and, and again, these are all just examples, but you know, they may or may not relate to you, right? Everybody. And these are just some ones we throw out there kind of like the paint the picture. But again, that kind of gives you a better idea of how, you know, our strengths a lot of times are tied with our weaknesses. And that's why we start even with these, like I had mentioned a couple of those, um, are still in my personality and why they may be smaller blind spots. Okay. This is, this is the truth bomb here. (laughs) (laughs) We may, and most likely don't only have one blind spot. No way. (laughs) No way. Right. (laughs) So now we have big ones, right. And a lot of those are tied again to our ego. There's certain areas that we have bigger blind spots than others. Right. But there's a lot of times. And and again, that's where we talked about last year. I mean, last episode where we talked about um, that, we have to understand that a di- different seasons, maybe different blind spots are bigger, especially when we're playing out of our strength zone. And now that becomes, becomes a main focus, yeah. right? Like all of a sudden, you know, again, if we're, if it's focused on achievement in this season, or again, like maybe I'm putting in a situation where I'm just not strong. We'll kind of talk about these in a minute is that you're those blind spots. It's just like, and it, it's almost uh, one of the examples that we give with players is that if you have a leaking pipe, right. And you put pressure on that pipe, you're going to see where it sprays, right? It's very easy to uh, see that. Now, a lot of times some of these blind spots are leaking, right? But then when we're putting situations where we're played out of position, we see where they, you know, they spray and how this, like, let's say this relates to baseball to paint a better picture is let's say a guy doesn't have good feet, right? 
And let's say, uh, you know, he's over at, you know, third base, right? The Bo, you and I can kind of <laughs> relate to this one. I didn't have the greatest feet, right? I didn't have the greatest feet, but I could pick a little bit, right? I had, I had decent hands. Now, with that being said, if you put me at third base, I can kind of stand there and just pick, right? But um, if you put me over like the shortstop or whatever, right, those would get exposed because now mm -hmm. I have to get my feet in better positions and I can't use my hands as much. Um, so that's sometimes what guys will do is uh, with that is, is as you change positions or there's putting more pressure, you're going to see where people leak um, and you're going to see where they, they spray for sure. Yep. No, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I wanted to add a little bit of peace just to wrap up that, uh, what we were talking about before, as far as like, um, you know, the destination and as we transition there is like, I think a lot of this is the generation we live in. And I know we're starting to age myself and sound like one of those old guys now, <laughs> but um, I, think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's common in, in our like instant gratification, um, society nowadays and a lot of that's the culture we're raised in especially with social media is we tend to like lose the process especially transitioning into like the corporate world and i think you realize this joey obviously you um were placing a pretty good opportunity that and climbed the ladder pretty quickly but um things just doesn't happen as quickly as it does sometimes in sports especially if you're talented um and i think people can get discouraged and almost like shut down to the point where um i think that's why like anxiety and depression and things are on the rise is because people just shut down and struggle um, when they don't experience success. So I just wanted to add that in before we transition. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, okay, so this kind of ties into where we're kind of going in like the main meat and potatoes of, of this episode, right? Now we need to, now that we kind of have a better idea of how our strengths are tied to our weaknesses or our blind spots. Um, so, you know, we, we, we're going to kind of talk through how you identify your blind spot now, right? And, you know, a good question to kind of ask, ask yourself. And when this is one thing I kind of think about is in what situations that I'm a pain in the ass, right? <laughs> the problem is, is you have to have some, you have to have some, you have to be able to self-assess a little bit, right? A lot of times people don't realize when they're being a pain in the ass. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, with that, getting better at reading the body language of people around you where it's like, okay, so for example, before I kind of dive into mine, I was just going to pick on uh, Will <laughs> over with us. Um, so Will, for example, is a lister. He wants to put everything, he wants to list everything. He wants to make lists for everything. He wants documents on everything. Right. Yeah. So sometimes we go to do things and then we'll just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he wants to put everything into a list and he wants to make lists for all these other things. And like, meanwhile, you know, I just want to like move forward. Right. Yeah. I just want to go do these things where I don't need a list. And I'm pretty structured. But there's also, you know, uh, people in the organization that don't need lists. Right. But he for him, he needs lists. Right. So um, it's kind of like it's kind of like in that uh, that same thing where there's certain situations where um, Will is awesome. Right. Where you. OK, so if we need someone to document things, that's my guy. Right. I'm going to pull him in. Now, if we're going to uh, move into certain things where, you know, like, let's say if we're going to do something where we're going to fly by the seat of our pants. That's where Will struggles. Will doesn't yeah. like the, the fly by the seat of his pants. He likes to come very organized, right? Yeah. So I got to know again um, when I'm like deploying him for certain projects, which ones he's going to do really well. And then also understand that like, if I'm going to put him in a situation where he's going to have to fly by the seat of his pants, understanding what that production is going to look like just because of how his mind works, right? Yep. 
And so there's times where he's a pain in the ass because I'm like, crap, this is going to be one where we're, we're going to have to kind of fly by the seat of our pants. And he wants to like, okay, hold on, slow down. Let's, let's dog. And I'm like, we don't have time to do that, you know? And then, um, okay. So now the second question, and this is where I'll dive into mine and, and tell you guys about mine here is that, uh, you ask yourself, the next question is when are you played out of position? Right. And then understanding, first off, you need to understand what your position is, right? Where you're strong, which is what we did in episode one, right? And then mm -hmm. situations when you're played out of position, right? Are you a first baseman that's trying to play shortstop? Are you first mm -hmm. baseman trying to play center field? Are you a catcher that's trying to play center field, right? All these other things, understanding where you're being played out of position. And, you know, for me, for example, to kind of give you guys a better idea of that is mine is, you know, I'm great at identifying like hurdles. And like planning, I also can be a bit of a critic, right? Yeah. So the backside of that is I could be a bit of a critic. So I got to understand. And again, having some, you know, I, I need to know when I'm played out of position. And a lot of times, you know, I'm played out of position when someone needs like some reassurance, especially like instantly, like after performance or something like that, right? Like I'm not the best guy where, um, I mean, you could probably, you could hit a home run. Right. And then you'd come talk to me and I'd be thinking my brain instantly goes to, okay, how do we get better and make that happen more often? Right. Yep. And while there is a time and a place, um, to reflect, right. And there's a time and a place to be critical, to figure out how we can progress. My brain automatically like runs past what we did well, because it like almost expects it. Yeah. Right. Like my, my brain all like expects production. So yeah. I'm, I could be critical. So I have to understand that it's like, it's, that's a really strong strength of mine, but I need to know when I, when I, it's, when it's a good time for me to be deployed and when it's not, and this is where I'll, I'll give Will some love here as well. There's certain, Will is the affirmation king. <laughs> he gives out affirmation after affirmation, right? So there's certain situations where I'll know somebody on our team needs love or affirmation or reassurance, right? So I deploy will to go and talk to them and have those conversations because I'm not the best one to do that. Right. Yeah. Or I send after I'm critical, I'll send will over to like, give them reassurance and maybe mend the gap. And then I know, you know, Bo, you also do the same thing for me a lot of times, but I got to know again, I have to like use those resources because that's not when I'm, I'm not in a great, uh, I'm not always the best there. Right. And I think everybody on the team kind of knows that, right. Yeah. Is that I'm not the best guy to come and pat you on the butt. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's, there's that side, but I have to be, I have to be again, situationally aware, um, environmentally aware, right. And understand when I'm doing that or maybe being too critical and then have to have follow-up conversations with the team or have somebody else go up and have follow-up conversations. Yeah. Um, how about you, Bo? No, absolutely. I think that I fall kind of more in the middle between you and Will. <laughs> um, I'm more of a visionary and I tend to have like high hopes for the future. It's, um, we've talked about that a lot. Um, I also have a high level of expectation of myself and for others and how like projects will turn out. So I think I'm more played out of position when I'm one forced to personally find the constraints in my own ideas. Um, mm -hmm. I, I always think that, you know, my ideas are golden. So um, <laughs> that's kind of why it's good to have people like, like Joey around, right? A little more of the critic that can balance me out and say, hey, look, this isn't how it's going to work out. Um, on the flip side, I think my high level of expectation, um, I'm obviously pretty good at providing feedback and uh, finding hurdles when it comes to other people's ideas. Um, but I also think that can get me in trouble. Like uh, the goal is to get the job done. 
and not to tell somebody that you're doing a good job. Like that's how my mind views it. Um, mm -hmm. So like if you crush it, obviously we talk about this, I'll be your biggest fan. But, you know, if you just do it and get the job done, that's more like the expectation that we all had. Um, and that's how my mind works, too. It's more like production and results instead of like patting people on the butt and saying, hey, you know, you did a good job. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's this is where it comes in with that is that it takes a high level um, of assessment to kind of identify your blind spots. And that's where, uh, you know, again, because we are blind to things is first off, we need to get that. We're going to go back to episode one here is that first off, you need to know that you have blind spots. You have yeah. to start there. That's start one, right? You have to accept. First step is acceptance, right? Yeah. <laughs> first step is acceptance. You have to accept that you do have blind spots, right? Yeah. Now, once you know that you have blind spots, using your team or the people that are around you um, to kind of help you with those is absolutely huge. So yeah. being able to talk to your team and then them give you feedback and then also you to be receptive to that feedback, right? Yeah. Yep. And it, sometimes, sometimes it's even better though. This is something that guys kind of mix, uh, mix all the time is especially if you're the boss, <laughs> they don't always want to tell you exactly where you might be slacking. <laughs> so sometimes having a third party kind of ask those questions can be the best way to do that. Again, maybe having the assistant coach, right. Ask those questions of like players or, or whatever, or, or again, asking, um, on a, on a different note, again, maybe having like, again, that's where the, like the AD and stuff like that too, where they can have uh, conversations and kind of can help you better understand, uh, where you might be lapsing in some areas. Right. And, and you gotta be receptive. And, and I, one of the things Annie McKay said at uh, bridge the gap, which I, I thought was amazing is everybody wants feedback until feedback starts. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, um, you know, a, a big piece there is that, you got to, when you're walking into those conversations, first off, I see a lot of people that ask for feedback, but then as soon as it starts, they start being critical of the feedback rather than understanding like you ask for the feedback, right? Yeah. So while this is a thing, just because someone's giving you feedback doesn't mean that it's 100% accurate, right? It doesn't mean that it's 100% truthful, but it is feedback, right? Yeah. So just like any other information, you should ask, ask questions, clarification questions, notate what they're saying, right. Then go home and reflect on it. And because again, this is the, the biggest thing. Our brains are going to be, you know, kind of have an emotional response instantly. Right. So we're going to respond emotionally. Like, you know, again, nobody likes hearing where they fail. Right. But if you can own and accept that, you know, again, when someone comes to me and says, you know, it's even our team knows now that there's times where it's like, all right, Joe, I know you're kind of being critical right now, you know, <laughs> or will like bring it up to me like, Hey, you know, again, they'll know what situations that, you know, might not be the best or again, understand that maybe some of that is truthful. Another part of it is like, again, maybe I'm being a perfectionist. Right. So I think with that is when you can understand those and you can give someone that can give you honest feedback and that someone that you can get receptive, that you're receptive of their feedback and, and, and have a respect for their yep. feedback, right? Then, then, you know, that's when we can really start working towards some of these bigger things and, and making some of these changes. Um, yep. And I think that's a, that's a big piece off the bat, you know? Yeah. And to add there, I think you make a good point. I think that like pride, like inhibits our ability for empathy and growth. Um, and that's where I like, when I finally had like a breakthrough personally was like, I wanted to give everybody feedback and I thought I was always right. And the second that somebody gave me feedback, like, no, 
You know what I mean? And so like when you can swallow your pride and put it aside and understand where people are coming from, obviously be more receptive. Um, not saying you might agree or you, you might see it right away, but that like opens the door for you to walk through and like self-discover. Um, I also think it's important, like you mentioned, to understand the person you're getting feedback from uh, and and understand their strengths and their blind spots, because sometimes people, they're not fully aware of their strengths and blind spots, so they might not be fully aware of yours, is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. if you have somebody that you can hold each other accountable, and you yeah. know where they're strong and weak, then they'll probably be more willing to see where you're strong and weak as well. Yeah, and I think that becomes like, Everybody talks about culture of like a team, but there's also culture of like relationships. Yeah. Right. And if you can have that open relationship, like, you know, for example, not, you know, I might be a little biased here, but Bo and I got a pretty good relationship in the sense when it comes to feedback, right? Like we can hold each other accountable and we can talk about things. Um, and sometimes it's more of like in a joking manner, but you could hold somebody. And again, this is probably, I could do a whole podcast probably on this. Maybe we will at one point of accountability, yeah. right? And how to hold somebody accountable with, Without it being what everybody thinks of of accountability, oh, you know, give me nine hundred burpees or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, like there's other ways to like, especially in real life, like with friends and family and stuff like that, to hold each other accountable and to keep each other like guided without it being a you know intervention, yeah. right? And so I think you know with that is that there's a way of doing that and culture of conversation and like, you know, you can set those precedents off the top. And I remember, you know, one thing, for example, is, you know, uh, it was actually my brother and I'll kind of, this is actually a story with my brother and his, his wife. She said, she said that the first time that they kind of got into an argument, like their first fight ever, right. Mm -hmm. Was, uh, she was kind of, you know, she was in the bathroom, she was kind of getting ready. And, um, my brother was asking her some questions and she was kind of getting an attitude, right. <laughs> who would have thought, so thought. he's kind of getting, who would have kind of was getting an attitude with him. And he kind of walked, he walked back in the bathroom and he said, Hey, like, look, it's okay. Like if, you know, if you're upset about something or whatever, like us talking is, is fine, but me and you don't talk to each other like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And this was the first argument like that they had. And or, or, you know, they're kind of getting into that and like, so setting that standard from the very beginning of understanding like, hey, like we don't talk like that. And also you, you constantly have to monitor that over time, right, of your culture of like, you know, if, if Bo and I start being, um, you know, what we allow to happen and what we allow the relationship to get to, you know, it, it will keep going that direction unless I monitor it and hold each other accountable to that, right? Um, you start using words that you normally wouldn't use. You start, uh, you know, calling out things and saying things that maybe aren't fair, right? Yeah. And maybe not putting a whole, a whole bunch of thought into how you're approaching conversations. And, and so you can easily go down that path. And I think that's a big thing with the, you know, on the blind spot side is just understanding that how we have those conversations and how you set the culture of that relationship is going to be huge for you to continue to move forward. Um, because, you know, with that, if you have somebody that is that can provide you a lot of that feedback and you respect their feedback, you guys are going to grow much quicker together, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's another thing, like, like why I value, like, uh, like Bose and I, uh, mine likes relationship is that with that is that we grow faster when we're together and can constantly give each other feedback. Right. Yep. And we grow a lot quicker that way rather than, rather than again, um, there's certain relationships that definitely have had in the past and things like that, where, you know, we're not really growing. We're just kind of staying stagnant and, if, and sometimes going backwards because of how we're choosing to communicate with each other.
right? Because of emotional things or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think that a large piece of that and people that know Joey and I, uh, we just had this conversation with, uh, with Willie on Saturday in the hot tub. Like you have to be willing to have the tough conversations with people that, you know, can hold yourself accountable. And that may appear like argumentative and, you know, hurtful and and whatever else people want to call it. But like, if you're not able to be vulnerable with each other and almost break each other down to grow each other back up, um, I think that you'll have a lot of like surface level relationships to the point where um, you're not willing to, not that you're not willing, you're just not able to open up to the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I was going to say is on the opposite side of that is that if you don't have those conversations, this is another thing that my brother had mentioned to me one time, like if something's bothering you now, imagine how it's going to bother you in five years. Yeah. Right. And so like, let's say that's a relationship. Let's say that's with players, with coaches, with your friends or with, um, you know, a, a big part of that is also, you know, understanding that if you'd rather have the tough conversation earlier, right. Then it'd be a big problem later on. Mm-hmm. Right. Where if, because things build up over time and we become, we're very emotional creatures. Right. So having that a conversation early really puts you in the, you know, and it, and again, it, it, it could be something subtle. Like again, like my, my brother and my sister, uh, sister-in-law having that conversation early saying like, Hey, like you and I just don't talk to each other like that. Like we're not going to communicate like that. Yeah. Right. And that's a very easy conversation to have early where later there's a whole bunch of emotions involved. It might not be received the same way. And also, too, you spent so much time talking to each other one way. It's much harder to change culture than it is to establish culture early. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that's that's a that's a big thing there is just understanding that, you know, it's OK to have those conversations early. And also it would be even more so very important to have those conversations early because you're establishing a culture, right? Without that being a relationship with the team or, you know, anything like that. No, absolutely. And and guys, a large part of um, obviously this series, but more just the profession of baseball um, is leaders developing leaders and coaches developing coaches. So um, placing a high importance on your personal development and seeing where you're strong and weak will allow you to become more aware of your blind spots, um, help you mentor and develop those around you. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, you know, um, we'll be doing everything we can to kind of add a whole bunch of resources and it's been really blowing up too as well. We're getting, um, you know, I, I think I just looked today, we're getting like 4,000 uh, views on the website a month, right? That's huge, right? That means there's a lot of guys, a lot of traffic being driven to the, uh, to the site. A lot of people are taking advantage of those resources. And I think it would be great for you guys as well. Um, you know, it's a free membership, something that we're trying to put all those things in one place for you, right? All those things in one place. And we need you to keep developing it, right? We need you to keep adding these resources and we want to keep pushing the game forward. So make sure to uh, visit the system.farm. Got a whole bunch of things on there for you. And also, uh, you know, while you're on there, we want you guys to look like what you already are. And that's part of the team. So go ahead and grab you guys some apparel from there. Um, tweet out your pictures when you get it. We love to see you guys wearing the gear. Any, any of you guys that already have gear, uh, tweet at us. We love it. We love when you guys are sending us stuff but from us and our partners over at yakker tech until next time farm system out